Welcome, welcome, welcome to I'll Tell You What, the show with two dudes talking sports and talking about Apple products too. iPhone 4 just released. Get yours today. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> but uh, we actually have not one, but two special guests who are going to be joining us. Whoa! Special show. guest alert. I don't know. Oh, you tell us, special you, guest yeah. number one. Could you identify yourself? I'm an alien. Just kidding. I'm Krista. <laughs> Krista. I'm Kyle's wife. Krista hey! Pritchett's in the building. Hey, hey, squared. Round of applause. <laughs> so, Krista, what uh, what have you been up to in these new fancy times, as white people say? <laughs> new fancy times. I've been. Hanging out outside. Yeah. Enjoying the springtime. Okay. Working from home. Wow. Working on what? Remember, this is a PG show. (laughs) (laughs) Working on work. Okay. Uh, Doing some Microsoft Teams training today. That's cool. Yeah. It's fancy. Okay. I'm using Zoom to do Microsoft. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Make the computer go boom, boom, my supernova girl. It won't make the computer go boom. Yeah. <laughs> when it's bumping, it will. Uh, I'm pretty sure. What was that player who like broke his keyboard? He rage quit this week on Call of Duty. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> give us, you gotta give us the story. Somebody, uh, an NFL player, I believe, or an NBA, I can't remember who it was, but they were playing Call of Duty on their laptop or on their desktop. And he was like, he can't shoot through a wall. And he like picked up the keyboard and just smacked it on his knee and just snapped Dude, it out. You think it was FPS Doug? It might be. Did y'all see be. that they were playing college and pro football players were playing NBA or one of the football games, Madden or whatever. Yeah. And they were broadcasting it on ESPN. Yeah. Whoa. These are the times. It was so nice. <laughs> Was uh, would you say it was more or less boring than watching the anchors talk to each other on Zoom calls? <laughs> it was all very boring, but yeah. probably equal, even, even greater more. than or equal yeah. to well, boring. Yeah. Probably even more. By the way, may the fourth be with you. May oh, the fourth be you. with you. <laughs> and with you. Yes, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know what's happening in two days, right? Revenge of the sixth. Oh! <laughs> I always say that and people are like, what? I don't get it. I'm like, dude, you're just going a step further with it. Like, come on. They got lost I have to the explain weeds, right? it to you. Like, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> uh, so um, bad. So bad. So uh, did you get any uh, May the 4ths today, either of y'all? Uh, I got two. Okay. Two, two texts. You want to give any shout outs? I do want to give some shout outs. We got a lot of birthdays coming up here in May. So May! May Day! Yes. Sam May Day Malone. Yes. Uh, so let's start with uh, Friday the 1st. So that would be Audrey's birthday. So Audrey Hepburn, love her. Yeah, she's great too, but I was talking about... I love about, Breakfast at uh, Tiffany's. <laughs> Oh yeah, Audrey Weirson. Yeah. yeah, shout out, 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 shout out. What? 
<laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy B-Day. We got another birthday coming up right around the corner to our one and only good friend, Sue Feats, a.k.a. Crystal Grace Media. That's my girl. Yeah, Crystal Grace in the building. We woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Krista and Crystal are mm. best pals. Very good friends. They yes. hang out a lot. <laughs> Digitally, because they're digital, digital, get down. Woo! Just you and me. Just kidding. PG. Yeah, it's very PG, I guess. <laughs> um, Who else? What other birthdays you got? Uh, Alyssa Trussell. Shout out to you. You got Trussell. one. Truffles? Trussle Shuffles. Trussle Shuffles. Uh, she's got one. Uh, shout out to Alatin Kintawati. He has one. Okay. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple. Yeah, go, 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 uh, go. Coming up here soon, we're going to have um, Robert Edward Werner's oh. birthday. Oh, Robzilla. Robzilla. Coming up, not tomorrow, but next Tuesday, the 12th. Oh, May it's the twelfth. It's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday, ain't it? <laughs> so can't wait for that. Uh, we also have um, Sherry Werner's birthday. Sherry! Sherry, shout out to Aunt Sherry. She's awesome. Coming the, up, the bomb. Yes, the bomb. Uh, Will Stone's birthday is coming up. Forgive Stoney? me, I can't remember exactly which day. Willio. Don't. Trent's is coming up too. And T Riz. T Riz. Trent Glazing. Money. Let's get that owner down. and operator of everything computers located on Johnson Ferry Road, Marietta, hey. Georgia. That's now a real you, shout out, y'all. Now you've got a friend in the computer business. Everything computers. Trent in Gwinnett, Alpharetta, mm. and Morrow. Open Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday till five. <laughs> he loves best working on pre pre K computers. So if that's your thing. Pre-K, yeah. Call Trent. Kids are kids. Kids yeah. are kids. Number one contract. <laughs> Not to put it out there. But we just did. <laughs> I really mentioned it because it's... Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we got a lot coming up for you. Big uh, show coming up. Krista, did you have any shout outs? Yeah. I did them all. Make sure to tell the people. Love you, Ma. Okay. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, big show coming up. Coming up, uh, we got some NFL updates, NBA updates. Whoa. And of course, this is it is... about the Madden tournament? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, the last dance. And we're not talking about the rom com. Oh okay, my so. gosh, yeah. Let's make sure to caveat it is not a romantic comedy, okay? About people that are dying. Brr. <laughs> Anyway, we'll be right back on I'll Tell You What. It's Morphin' Time. Go, go, Power Rangers. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to I'll Tell You What. Uh, guys, uh, just so you know, we got that answer from our uh, last segment. Our crack, uh, crack video squad. Yes. So we reviewed the footage in the tape, and it turns out it was the one and only Villanova uh, superstar, Josh Hart. Who, now of the Pelicans? Yeah, former Laker. 
Formerly, like a gang. Like a gang basketball player. Uh, snapped his keyboard in half after being shot on Call of Duty. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know who else got shot? I don't know who else got shot, Kyle. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yes, yeah. he did. Right in the jugular. <laughs> With the tranquilizer dart. That's awesome. <laughs> that meant to pierce the skin of a rhino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because uh, and the reason we're talking about Will Ferrell guys is because he uh, was posing as Greg Olson on a Zoom call. NFL tight end Greg Olson. Yes. Okay. For the Seattle Seahawks. Set the stage. Yes, he uh, has a new play that he wanted to get added to the uh, playbook. I think it was like something Starburst, uh, 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 like, uh, Computer yeah, Blue, Cheetah Starburst, or something like that. Berries and cream. Berries and cream. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. That's uh, some pop culture introduced into your normal NFL talk right there Nugget. for you. Nugget. Um, also, when, as we're touching on NFL, Don Shula winning his coach in NFL history. Miami Dolphins, great. Passed away. Uh, 90 years old. Uh, great soul. Nice great. guy. Yeah. Very good. Big impact on the game. He's a huge Alabama football fan as well. Yeah. So, roll time. That's for uh, the big guy right there. Yeah. Um, He's survived by his son, Mike. Mike Shula. Mm -hmm. So, more greatness to come from there. Uh, Currently, I believe Mike is the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, he he might actually have gotten moved when – they just replaced their head coach, and they got that Baylor head coach. Ah, got you. Speaking of Matt Rule, Matt Rule, whose house? Matt's house. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Panthers, Cam Newton said no to being a backup, and does not think that he should be a backup. And my thing is, is bro, you might want to just get your uh, ducks in a row and just take the contract at this point. I mean, so, we've seen what happens when you try and like hold out. Like Kaepernick, I know Cam didn't make any stands, quote unquote. <laughs> but if you like offend the owners by being like, I don't want to be a backup, they're gonna be like, cool, see ya <laughs> next. Yeah, and they're like, oh no, you have to put me on. I'm a former MVP. Like I'm really well, good. And they're like, oh, do we have to? Too. Because I'm pretty sure we pay the salaries like, i'm pretty sure we own the league so we don't you have can go to do that yet <laughs> you could just go away man why don't you go play at auburn or something you probably a- got like eight years of eligibility there left <laughs> you know whose uh book he should take a page out of andy dalton's because <laughs> he's a backup that's what i was gonna yeah. say like andy dalton gets a picture like yeah he got yeah. a picture he was like yeah, uh, check please. <laughs> yeah, Cam probably should have jumped on that because he actually would have fit what the Cowboys are trying to do because they have the rushing attack already. Mm-hmm. He could have supplemented that and still been like, zoom, 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 chucking balls. But, you know. To C.D. Lamb. Literally. Whoa, that was good. Whoa. C.D. Right. For the T.D. Yeah, I like that. All right, bro. Okay. That's what Gus, uh, Gus Johnson, the – announcer for the big 10 broadcast on saturdays uh, dude he is a really good announcer i actually enjoy 
Like some people think he's a little bit corny, but he is very uh, informative, crisp. crisp. He knows all the guys and he's like creates a scene like he's very theatrical. So I think it just helps because sometimes football especially can get boring at times if like nothing's happening. Oh, yeah. So he just keeps it moving and flowing. Yeah. And I guess that's why people like Tony Romo as well, um, because he kind of adds a little bit of color to Mm -hmm. um, what's his name? Who's he sitting next to in the booth? Jim Nance. Jim Nance. And Jim has a great speaking voice, but he's kind of like the Morgan Friedman of course (laughs) with his voice. You know what I mean? Like he's just like the masters. Yeah. Nothing like it nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, nothing like them nowhere is the it's the uh, motto for Dreamland Barbecue. <laughs> Got it with the barbecue. Love that chicken for Popeyes. <laughs> we had a major digestion right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so in other news, guys, uh, jumping over to other sports, the NBA is expected to push back their draft and combine in wake of the coronavirus. Dun, 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 coronavirus. <laughs> um, so that's still relevant. They haven't really figured out what they're going to do at the end of their season or anything, but uh, all I can do is just be patient. You know, that's all all of us can do. We're starting to slowly slip back into normal life. So I can only imagine maybe in a few weeks, hopefully they can still recoup a playoff matchup. So that'd be great. Um, And other news as well. Here in Atlanta, on the 4th of July, we always hold a very, very large marathon. Tradition. And it's a very big tradition. Um, So people come from all over to see it. And... It is the Peachtree Road Race that has been actually pushed back to, to November. Turkey Day. Yes. And that's a big deal um, just because that's rare that something like this would, and Monumental would be pushed back. I do think that it I has mean, more to do with like the planning aspect of okay. the race than it does like actual people being worried about running the day of, I think. Mm. Because like indulge us please i don't so, know that much on this i just and that's that. like what a lot of these major uh companies and businesses and like sports teams like the major issue about getting restarted is just purely trying to plan it out so that it's not just thrown together last minute because when you try and throw together stuff that's like that has a lot of momentum so when i say momentum i mean they have a lot of employees a lot of money invested into it and you try and throw something together last minute, a lot of those resources get wasted and you don't produce as good of a product. Okay. So they need that pre-planning period to like make sure everything is going to be correct. In place. Right. Mm. And so they've already missed a significant portion of that pre-planning period for uh, the Peachtree Road Race in this example. So they're unable to you know, catch up as to where they should be right now to be able to run the race day of. Oh. So that's really why a lot of these things are being pushed back. Yeah. Cause it's just like the planning that goes into it and all the money and like, especially like a race. Cause you have to like have city planning on that. Yes, you do. You know? So wow, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. And you know, guys, something else too, that we just want to lightly talk on. So sports as a whole has taken over a $12 billion hit. That's a lot of money. 
And that's right just now, sports. That's professional just, sports. Yes. Yeah. And right now, they're banking like professional sports or just sports in general is banking on college football and the NFL coming up this like for the fall to try and recoup some money for sports. the television networks yeah. for sure. Like yeah. just so they can get something out of it. I mean, they already took huge losses, but it's a lot, guys. Like imagine how many jobs are lost right now because of that. Just etc. It just goes down from there. Food. We talked about that. Just food. You know, it Kyle nailed it last week when we talked about that. It's just it sucks, dude. But you know, this is some crazy times and everybody's just trying to hang in there. And Warren Buffett said it today, and I've been saying this the last couple weeks that it's it's no longer about the virus itself. It is the fear of Lar- like the zeitgeist of the country, which is basically like the overarching social, like conscious that everybody kind of like receives and gives off. Like, I guess you could call it culture for like another word. Yeah. It just has a, an overwhelming sense of fear and everybody is being affected by this fear that's overwhelming people. And it's causing very very bad decision making on all fronts because decisions made out of fear always end with some form of negative consequence they do so and warren buffett said that today because he was like very fearful for the airline industry because he doesn't think that people are going to be able to like move past the fear even when there's actually no more signs of virus so it is something that you like we have to all remember and i know everybody's sick of hearing celebrities and people tell them like Oh, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. But in all seriousness, we cannot be fearful of something that we have no control, control over. over. It is just irrational. Mm-hmm. So we have to move past that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, you are right. Great <laughs> word. serious over here. Yeah, yeah. Pretty deep. Deep. <laughs> and on that note, guys, we are going to lighten it up. So coming up on next segment, we've got the last dance. The last dance. Right. Yeah. We'll be right back on. I'll tell you what. Welcome. 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 Back to I'll tell you what. And this is part three of. The, the last, last dance. dance. We have our awesome speaker back in the building. Our guest resident expert of North Carolina, guys. Uh, this is her second appearance for the last documentary. Or dance <laughs> no, it is the last documentary. There will be no more. This is the definitive explanation <laughs> of everything. Michael. I mean, can, can we just get to my introduction? <laughs> <laughs> we got the one and only Joy Notice in a building. So, guys, uh, I'm going to. Just go ahead and start again, like how we did it last time. Just gonna go jump ahead. in like a pool in summer. Yeah, <laughs> it's so tough. Uh, so episode five started with the late great Kobe Bryant, Mama mentality, Mamba mentality, um, and it was a nice intro. So go ahead. It didn't yeah. necessarily start with him, but but they 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 let off right in the 1998 all-star game, game yes which was actually held at 
Madison Square Garden. That's right. MSG gives you that flavor. You know what I mean? Yes, it does. Not Boston Square Garden. Joy, did you Madison. like that one? <laughs> Y'all are so <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That was a good bird. How has nobody ever said the MSG <laughs> one before? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> Uh, anyway, back to the business. So yeah, the 1998 All-Star Game, Madison Square Garden, uh, Kobe Bryant first All-Star Game. So mm-hmm. Michael is in the locker room with the other Eastern He's, Conference All-Stars. And they're all giving him the biz. They're just all like, <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't go in the first four attempts, man, like, I ain't, you ain't shooting the ball. You better get that rebound. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny to hear like them say that because like, the documentary hadn't been released yet when they spoke at Kobe's funeral, and they said that like Shaq actually was quoted saying that he was like, "Y'all better get that rebound." He ain't he ain't passed the ball. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. part definitely resonated with me. Yeah, Jordan was definitely uh, he was he was giving him his props though, even before the game, saying like that the young gun is going to be coming for us. Like he's going to try and play one on one against everybody. Everyone. He's going to come up to you. He ain't passing the ball. He's shooting. Doesn't matter if he misses his last four shots. He's going to be shooting. So just watch for it. And it was really good to see the passion that both of them exhibited um, at that game. And then it was just like a collective spirit of greats there, too. So Larry Bird was the coach. And so was um, Magic Johnson. Or Magic Johnson came in to say hello to everybody. Right. But it's crazy, like, to see all of them in one spot, just being friends, you know, just, that's not something I would expect from greats at that point, but apparently they were a tight knit crew. So, mm-hmm. well, and I think that had a lot to do with just Jordan's um, dominance to the point, And they mentioned it even more. So I think in the last episode where just Jordan had ascended to the point now where like, there was no question. He was, oh, no, it was in that practice at mm-hmm. the, anyway, I'm getting ahead yeah, of myself. we're getting a little ahead, but it's all right. Uh, but isn't that the point of the documentary? Because that's all we saw last night. And I am, like, so annoyed. John already knows. But, like, <laughs> all this hopping around between 93, now it's, nine, now it's 1998, and it's 93 uh, uh, and it's 98, and then 96, and then, wait, no, 92, then in 98. And I'm like, I cannot keep up. Like, that was <laughs> utterly ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, Joy, you need I to thought have it was a... annoying before, but this last night was a whole new level <laughs> skipping around. It was Joy... way too you gotta have a beverage when you watch it. You gotta you gotta calm it down. You gotta take <laughs> it easy. Take it easy. No, well, I, I do I do get what you mean. Yesterday, though. so I was kind of already <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching. I hear you. It is it is a little frustrating because you get kind of into one storyline and then they're like, "Let me take you back." <laughs> uh, and and that was like. One part I will say is just paying attention to the dates and where you are in the story. So if you're not paying attention, you take your eye off of it for like maybe two minutes, you're lost. So, but if you're following, it's very easy to follow. So, um, but the most notable part uh, in that opening segment for me was just how Kobe flat out said, you know, if it wasn't for Michael, I wouldn't have had these five rings, you know, for the Lakers. Right. Everything I did was because of him pretty much as far as just showing him how to elevate, how to execute, just everything that 
he did, whether it was just on the court and off the court. He was just a great overall person, he said, was because of MJ's impact. And, you know, like, rest in peace, Kobe. And that was just probably one of the nicest things I've ever heard another player say about another player mm-hmm. who are both Hall of Famers. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought it was really interesting to to watch the camaraderie and the relationship, and and obviously they both appreciated one another, and you know they they both referred to each other as older brother, little brother, and you know it was yeah. just fun to really watch um, those two because even though you're competitors and you know you are really trying to excel and, and be the number one you know person in in your uh, industry uh, or class but that still did not uh, stop those two from uh, creating such a wonderful relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Right on. And that even went when he came back to the Wizards, and that was what was great. It was just transcendent, literally. So um, later in the episode, after that, we talk about Air Jordan and how it got its birth. So... What's crazy? We flashed even further back to 1985, I believe, right? <laughs> we were like, what the? <laughs> Something like that. Mike's looking young. <laughs> so I was really uh, dumbfounded at this part. So I knew at the time the only shoe for the NBA was the Converses. And that's who pretty much everybody was with. Larry, uh, Magic Johnson. All the greats. Yeah. And so it was like, these shoes got me my MVP. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, what Michael was trying to do is look for a brand for himself that he could get a shoe deal with because he got represented by uh, his agent and his agent was like, we're going to make you get some money here or we're going to try and help you get some money here. And they marketed him very well, which is crazy at the time because nobody had ever really done it that way. And so what got me was the fact that Michael didn't want to sign with Nike. So at this time, ladies and gentlemen, Nike was actually just like coming to its own, uh, slightly coming out of its uh, infancy. It was known more for being a running uh, and track and field shoe. And they had air cushions. Actually, let me rewind. So they were still in their infancy, yada, 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 like that. What was dumbfounding to me was that Michael didn't want to sign with them. He just wanted to sign with Adidas. And Adidas couldn't afford them because they were all over the place at the time. Yeah, they weren't ready to um, be able to give him a signature shoe. They just weren't in that position at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Adidas wasn't, which I was surprised to hear that because – I don't remember Adidas being involved in basketball shoes Ever. like until yeah like maybe I'm trying to think was it Brandon Roy or it was I don't know I know James Harden signed a big Adidas deal but I just don't remember them Kobe being Kobe was originally signed to Adidas I Yeah know. yeah I think but, that was one of them but it was just but I interesting. think that's also the point though in that 
you know, a lot of these shoe companies weren't doing what they were doing, like weren't doing what they do today back then. And I think they brought up the point about, you know, you saw Arthur Ashe and, you know, you had tennis stars who had their own shoe, but you, you, it wasn't until these huge celebrity basketball players or football players or these big sports uh, athletes came about um, and just grew their celebrity that enabled these endorsement deals to even come along in the first place. So I think, you know, just as much as the, uh, the athletes needed the shoe uh, company, the shoe company needed these athletes too. So, you know, I think, you know, with the, uh, the evolution and the, the, the growth of all of these uh, celebrities and athletes turning into celebrities, I guess I should say, I think that's now when you started to see these ginormous shoe deals come about. Yeah, and that's what was crazy to me too was to hear what he got for the deals. So at the time, everybody who signed for a shoe deal only got a hundred thousand dollars. Nike was like, "Yeah, we'll give you two to spy mm-hmm. you on the rip." And the crazy part too, guys, is that his mom and dad had to convince Michael to go to that meeting. He didn't even want to go and even talk to them. And his dad was like, "You would be a fool to like not sign this deal." What? You know, like, that part got me. And so the rest is history, you know, just, I think the biggest impact, like Joy said, was the celebrities. So Spike Lee was introducing it, you know, behind the scenes and on the marketing end, on the the marketing end. Yeah. And put it into like movies and the rest was just history. Yeah. For that part. And, you know, like great people like Justin Timberlake, he was mentioned, Nas, they were all like, yeah, you know, like, Jordans yeah, were the had things to, to had. Had yeah. Him, yeah. You had to. Well, they, they were like, the thing to have. I mean, the fact that you still have these limited release, you know, releases now is, is absolutely startling. I mean, hell, I just bought a pair two weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm waiting for them to come in the mail. I mean, everybody, I mean, to this day, I mean, everybody either wants a pair, has a pair, and you're just excited, you know, to, to, to rock them. Yeah. And that's what I always found so funny, though, about like John. And I guess you're the same way. Like, I think I feel like you guys are sneakerheads, where it's like something that you guys are like passionate about, and you like can follow them in a way almost like people would with like trading cards. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I never got. Well, to- I'm, I am also a girl, so it's not just sneakers. That's true. You got it. You got it on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i did i always thought that was really cool and um like i bought me and john went to get new basketball shoes what like two years ago mm-hmm. and we went to like a probably like five different stores mm-hmm. and um we ended up like getting our own shoes like i got the like limited edition kobe olympic shoes from 20 Six? it must have been 12 12 12 yeah yeah but they're like awesome shoes. They're like so good and they're like perfect for uh basketball. And I, I like love those shoes. Like, so I can totally see how if you find the right pair for you, like, and you can relate, especially with the athlete that's like putting them out there. Cause like, if I didn't know that those were Kobe's, I probably wouldn't have even wow. dr- tried them on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So, John, you you remember when I went to Australia in December, and I stumbled across this store, and it's literally called the Secret Sneaker Store, and they have Jordans that I had never seen Mm -hmm. in my life, just like color combinations that were just, I mean, just absolutely stunning. Now, granted, these shoes were (laughs) well out of my budget. Well, they're secret sneakers. Secret sneakers. I mean... (laughs) And then they also had, uh, you know, a, a deal with Supreme. So there was like, um, a, you know, Supreme logo. To, I mean, it was absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And to know that, like, there are, you know, sneakerheads out there that are looking for things like this. Like, I mean, I love a good sneaker, but like, that's a whole other level. I don't know if I'm willing to invest, you know, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars for some shoes that I will never wear. Like, they're just gonna sit in a box. Like, at least if I'm gonna spend money on a purse, at least like I, I can wear the purse and I can probably resell that and, and make this as much money. But I yeah. mean, these sneakerheads—they're very serious about their the shoes. shoes. And, oh. like, if you, you ever, if you ever want to have a deep dive on those, if you have Disney Plus, go on to Disney Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yep. He has an episode about sneakers and like, it's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Like if you think it's crazy just about what we're talking about, like go watch that episode because it you will is be so dumbfounded. good. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but on that note, guys, we'll be right back uh, on I'll, I'll Tell You What. California knows that a party. California knows that a party in the city. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and we're back on. I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you what. <laughs> oh, I really wanted to say Compton. Uh, <laughs> you still could have. It still counts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh guys um we're jumping back in uh on the last dance documentary um, left off on shoes shoes and we're gonna pick it right back up on the 92 dream team dream team yes. okay this was and is still my favorite ever composition of athletes okay ever. just so everybody's on the same page like i think that they I don't care what anybody says, they would stop anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently, just on a smaller tidbit and off tangent, uh, before they went to Barcelona for these games, they were tested inside of a training facility where it was um, blue versus white. And apparently, it is documented, this was the best scrimmage of basketball that has ever been played all of them who were witnesses, including the coaches, were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, so give me some details real quick. Remind us some who are some of the heavy hitters on that team. You had Michael. Air, Jordan. You had the Magic. Ooh. Johnson. You had Larry. Okay. Tweet, tweet. Larry is not white. Larry's clear. clear. <laughs> <laughs> you had, uh, 
who else did you have on there? I'm so sorry right now. I'm blanking. Charles uh, Barkley, Charles Barkley CB. Johnson. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Carl like, Malone. Carl Malone. A young Carl Malone, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like, still, like, packing the heat. Yeah. Um, I believe Patrick Hewing was on there, correct? And uh, Christian yeah. Leitner. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I was waiting Obscure. for you to mention him. Obscure <laughs> Fact right He's there. like, I'm Leitner to the party, yeah. guys. Oh! <laughs> I think um, I think Chris Mullins was on there too, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, old Buzz cut himself. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh-huh. That was his like claim to fame. <laughs> well, I know who was not on the team. <laughs> yeah, you want to drop that bomb? <laughs> Is it a book in the well, Bible? It wasn't yes. obvious before. It's obvious now. Like MJ and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Hate each other. Sorry, like, I team. Hate it. each other. So, uh, speaking on that, Joy. So, on the sh- the documentary, I could not stop laughing at this part. Michael was like, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, you know, uh, I was approached to see if I wanted to play. I asked, you know, I was asked if this other individual was going to be there. Like, yeah, he's not going to be there. And so, what got me was Isaiah, they flashed to Isaiah real quick, and he's like, I had the criteria. I had the stats to be there. Yeah. I like, you know, like... <laughs> well, that, that leads into, I guess, if you want to rewind, because prior to the 92 Olympics, NBA athletes were not participating mm-hmm. in USA basketball. So, you know, they were prim- primarily using amateur athletes or athletes coming from the collegiate level those are the people who are participating. And so this was the first time that you actually had players from the NBA uh, round out that roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotty Pippen was on there as well. Scotty. Um, and it was just an overall really good time for Team USA. I'll just say that, guys. Uh, they blew the doors off of every opponent um, that they came across. Um and hence the dream team. They were just trying to make up for everything that had gone wrong before. Yeah, and they did. Well, that's what I also thought was interesting too, is that before that, um, all these other sports for the Olympics, they have trials and you have to, you know, do a, an exhibition game or, or something to, to try out to make the team. And with basketball, they could, you get selected. So that's, it's different um, from any other sport out there too. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think aren't the trials though? They're more for like deciding which countries are going to be able to compete in the events because there's so many countries technically that they can't allow like 300 of there's, them. So there's there's both, and depending on the sport, you know, the, the trial will yes determine in some cases if the country will be able to participate. But they also look at you know if it's track and field, they might look at certain races that you have to win the amount of races that you have to win to even qualify to, to make it. Obviously, you know, if it's an individual sport, they're looking at how fast, you know, you can run or swim or, you know, throw something or whatever. Um, but you know, Throw this just, thing just, now. <laughs> I'm not ready. Do it. <laughs> so it's, it's different, um, you know, in that instead of being, you know, selected that, so the trial might be for the individual, but and in some cases it might be for the country as country, well. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I hear you on that. 
It is crazy. Like we're just like, oh yeah, uh, we're gonna put Joe, Bob, and Larry on the team, and they're like, uh, and they're like, no, it's cool. We're USA. Go, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Isaiah was referring to. So what they did was they looked at the ninety one, ninety two season and looked at the players' performance, and and that's you know how they decided who was going to be a part of the team was supposedly based off of you know their. The performance, and that's why he was saying I met the criteria because you know his stats were just as good as anybody else. But educate us, Joy. Why was he really not on the team? Not just because of Michael, but well, apparently, I mean, he a lot of people. He didn't get along with a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) on the team, and that's on the team when you're a part (laughs) of the bad boys and you're beating people up on the court. They're gonna be like. Yeah, I don't want to play with you. <laughs> like, well, you know, like I say, karma's a bitch, you know? Like, yeah. You can't just go around behaving a certain way and then not think that it's not going to come back to bite you. Right? you know, no, we're all boys. We're good. We're good. Yeah. No, but, but, we're but, not but In good. a team environment, you, you've got to have, you know, camaraderie. Like, you, you've got to have chemistry. And so I, I can understand why he wasn't selected i mean and not even just him specifically but if it, even if it was anybody else that just didn't get along you know with those players it is going to make a difference on a team sport for sure yeah and that's what they said was it was just the brotherhood that was pretty much there um and why everybody was just so happy and ready to get it in gear and like elevate mm-hmm. so um speaking of that on the Croatia team which is supposed to be the up and coming team uh, Jerry Krause was that's the GM for the uh, Bulls guys. Just a little uh, disclaimer there. Thank you. A reminder. Uh, Tony Kukoc. He was on Croatia. Jerry Krause was looking at him. He signed him to the Bulls. Michael and Scotty were like not impressed with him, so they decided before the game in group play. This is not even before they got into the real tournament. In group play, they're like, we're going to give him the business. Y'all stay away from him. Let's just give him a run for, like, a personal tryout. And Well, but they were also but they were also upset the fact that they were going to, like, signing him would take money away from Scotty, right. too. Yeah. So it's like the fact that you're willing to sign this guy, but, like, I just got you how many championships, and, like, you're not even going to, you know, <laughs> prioritize me. You're going to prioritize somebody else. And, and in De- Jordan's defense, he actually said Tony was actually a very good teammate. Like he actually respects Tony um, to this day. He has no qualms or anything with Tony. Um, so the first time they played, Tony got shut down. Shut down, Tony. Down. <laughs> and then the second time when they were playing for the gold medal in the final round, uh, Tony actually showed that he was resilient and he could play. And even though Croatia lost, Michael and Scotty walked away saying, okay, you know, like respect. He, respect is given because you actually can keep up with us. So I was, I, I respect Jordan in the sense that he is still humble and he recognizes that about himself. Like, we, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, let's reality check myself from time to time. So, well, I, but that's what he said about Isaiah too. He was like, I hate Isaiah, but I respect his game. So, <laughs> like, at a certain point, you know, you got to at least respect the fact that, you know, somebody is a, is a good athlete, uh, whether or not you, you hate him or love him. Yeah. But uh, it definitely but, sounded like he was able to, to do that in that situation. But Mike was like, 
a purist. And I think that's what I, I think that is one of the major reasons we're all so attracted to his story and just watching him play. It's because you knew, and he says it over and over throughout the documentary. Oh, I don't care if you say this about me or that about me. What was my job and what was my passion? It was being the best basketball player that I could be, which is the best basketball player ever. Like Mm -hmm. that was my job. And I was about the game and the game was the sanctuary. And that's why he had the problem with Isaiah because Isaiah disrespected the game. Mm-hmm. He was great, great at the game, but he disrespected well the game said. by not being a sportsman. And by like, I think when you play bully ball like that, that's not in the spirit of the game. I'm sorry. That's not the purity of the game is not expressed through that mode. Mm-hmm. And I do think hard fouls are okay, but I don't think like intimidation to the level that they brought. And I think that was Mike's problem with to it. try. Well, it's the type of intimidation because let's be honest, they all talk shit and whether or not you can actually hear it, <laughs> you know, and they're not mic'd out up, but like intimidation is a part of the sport. It's Definitely. just whether or not we as, as you know, the audience or, uh, but they clearly crossed the line. Can, can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're, but you're right though. In terms of him crossing a line, because it's one thing, you know, to, to have, you know, confidence and swag and, and intimidate your opponents, but it's another thing when you cross the line and you start doing things that, you know, just are totally reprehensible. So, you know, and, and obviously he crossed that line several times, not just with Michael, but with <laughs> several folks. So, yeah. And a review the USA got the gold, uh, just so everybody's on the same page. <laughs> And uh, at the time, remember, we just talked about Air Jordan and Nike. He was sponsored by them. So Michael didn't really want to wear the Reebok uniform. It was actually (laughs) a really dope uniform that they had. Yeah. Um, And so what Michael did was he wore the American flag over it. Oh, (laughs) got him. Because they were required required to wear those. Because Reebok paid for the rights, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was... Michael boycotting a little bit there, (laughs) which uh, actually leads me into our next segment with him. So in the sixth episode, his image is discussed as far as his mentality uh, and the pressure that was put upon him just every day, waking up, doing the same thing. And the, the one thing that gets me that I was really, really impressed with is that being a celebrity, the only thing you can't get back is your privacy. And that's why I think to this day, Michael is the exact same way that he is. You know what I mean, guys? Um, yeah. That's why he's a semi-recluse. Not a full-on recluse, but he's just like, mm, you don't need to know what I'm doing all at all times. Right. So, Well, he's been there, done that. Like, What is it going to bring me? I already know that it's it's not about all that is about the substance. Mm-hmm. And so, well, but somebody, but somebody made a comment. I don't even remember who said it last night, but you know, the audience has an appetite to watch people rise and fall. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in response to that, Michael says something to the effect of, well, if I'm going to, you know, go out or I'm going to, you know, 
fall from this pedestal. It's not going to be because, you know, uh, somebody said or accused me of doing something. Like, I, it's because I actually did something to deserve falling off this pedestal, you know. So it, it is very interesting, I think, just this entire topic of, you know, the celebrity and, and the athlete. And because and, you need both in order to, you know, get endorsement deals and, like, the, the the contract for the athlete is is not you know solely the most lucrative thing that they uh, they get. Like it's all of these other endorsements, right? Mm-hmm. And the endorsements come because people uh, you know find you to be a, a, a really great celebrity. So it's mm-hmm. like you know what comes first, like you know chicken or the egg here, like because you need you need both, and you know it's it's not like you can just separate those two things. And so what's crazy to me is that he was it brought up something they lightly touched on it i they might come back to it later but his the first let's start here with it, somebody said some words in a book that was released about like what was really going on behind the scenes in the locker room and, and this was like 93 right after yeah. the second championship mm-hmm. and jordan was very adamant he was like i don't do that and again, I'm oh, not he even accused Horace. <laughs> he accused yeah, he Horace. straight up did <laughs> accuse like, Horace. Horace. Horace did it. Because <laughs> he, but apparently Horace is actually good friends with the writer who released the book, so that's his speculation. And Horace to this day is saying, so. What did what? Because what did they say in the book? Because I don't think you said it. Uh, in the book, it says you know Michael was just. Don't give this player the ball uh, at this point. I better have the last shot. If I don't get the last shot, then you're not going to be playing here. I'll make sure you look like a scrub, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, I guess with the point that somebody else is making, too, that that all couldn't have just came from Horace. Like, you had other other people had to have made, you know, those comments. They could have just solely came from him. You know, I obviously did not read the book, but it just... The way that they made it seem like there was multiple, you know, angles presented and, and from, from different people. So it wasn't just, you know, all from, you know, horse. And, and before I proceed on this next part, I just want to say it goes back to Kyle and I always say this about Kobe, too. Everybody thought he was a rude person. But when you have such success following behind you and you know what you're doing, you just don't tolerate baloney as i like mm. to say you know what i mean like as soon as you see it or you smell it you're like get out of here yeah you know what i mean you just call it baloney 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 so you know like well and if you ask any of kobe's contemporaries like the people that were good in kobe's prime era like who, if they had a chance to play with anybody, who would it have been? They all say Kobe. It doesn't matter like what people say now where they're like, nobody wanted to play with him. No, actually they did want to play with him because they knew like what he was like, the competitor that he was. Mm-hmm. And I'll, well, like, they, because players like that make everybody else around them better. Right. And, and that was Jordan. And they push you. It's competition like iron sharpens iron and it will always be that way. You don't get better by being the best on like the magic you know like well because there's a 
difference between, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan um, and LeBron James, where even though they might be, you know, tough athletes and maybe considered tough to work with, like I said, you know, they, they make people around them better and they, people still want to play with them. You know, yeah. if you look at somebody like a Chris Paul, who's a great athlete, people do not want to play with him. Like, <laughs> that, that, there's a true. big difference there. Yeah, you know? So I, I don't know Chris Paul. I, I respect him as a player. I, 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 I mean, I'm living in his hometown right now. So, you know, hopefully hey, uh, he does not see me on the street after saying, saying all this. Um, I, I think he's, he's a like, Joy, athlete. you're going down. <laughs> But at the same time, he has a terrible reputation as, as a teammate. You know, people do not want to play with him. So there's something obviously different between a player who's great and people still want to play with them versus a player who's great and people do not want to play with them. And that's the point that, like, we're making about the book. If they're, you know, if players are going to come out and say that, I'm sure it was at a point where they were feeling frustrated with their role or they had just been beaten practice or they had just had a particular lashing from Michael that made them feel irritable, whatever. But that like that is how it works in any job. I'm sorry, like you're not going to have a great day every day because if you did, they wouldn't be great days, would they? No. Like, well, but that same reporter, though, like, you know, he was kind of like defending himself a little in that little segment there. And he was saying that that's what he was being charged with was to kind of, you know, lift the veil and, and see what's really going on behind closed doors. Because albeit he was a superstar athlete, he was the golden child of the NBA. Exactly. And so nobody wrote anything bad about him. And so, you know, he was actually challenged and tasked with, you know, like, let's uh, lift up the hood and see what's really going on underneath here. So I think that's when you also started to see some of these pieces move away from these just straight up puff pieces about athletes. But you you started to get, you know, in the nitty gritty and, and see what was really going on behind, you know, closed doors, uh, you know, during that time. And quote unquote, this is when the gambling started really becoming a factor <laughs> for some people. And I, I'm just going to give my opinion on this, guys. So just before you give the opinion, at least just tell them what you're talking about. <laughs> so Jordan uh, has known to he's such a very competitive person. And in this episode, it discusses his his uh, competitiveness to win. It doesn't matter on what it is. It could be flipping a quarter. It yeah. could be, <laughs> you know, like playing goldfish. Yeah. It could be red light, golf, green light, red light, green light, <laughs> freeze tag. The man just has. He's to, got a competition. Yeah, he's Probably. got a fever, <laughs> and the only salute or only prescription prescription is to win. <laughs> so it's crazy because you see him like literally talking to this guy he's like i'll give you four chances to beat me about flipping this quarter closer to the door <laughs> wait 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 can we talk about that man's like like <laughs> yeah that that guy was straight from the set of peter jackson's new film the hobbited right going back to the shire now, he looked like somebody on the tiger king <laughs> His shoes, like his hair. I was uh, like, "Where did they find this guy?" Oh my god! And he took Michael's money too. What do you I think? know. I'm surprised Michael didn't slap the crap out of him. Right? He looked like he got so mad. He was like, "Ah!" And I was like, "Because <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I won." And he's Get out like, of here, Carl. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, but I do have to defend Jordan on this part. Jordan 
it doesn't matter who you are. He just wanted to, that's how he expressed his fun and his, mm-hmm. you know, like that was very, his relational. Re, yeah. Mechanism. Trait, yeah. Mechanism to relax. Okay. So to him, it wouldn't be like a big deal, but to you and I, like, you know, average Joe geek on the street. Yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> Cause he was driving some money. Yeah, dude. And, excuse me. And speaking on some money, uh, he was, he actually had to testify in court against some gentleman who is a, uh, I don't know how you want to say this, Joy, would you give me a little bit of uh Didn't they call him a golf hustler? Yeah, I would say a hustler or... Well, see, that's where I thought it was like a little BS because he wasn't just a golf hustler. He got, why he was even being tried was because they found him with a, a brick of cocaine and <laughs> Michael Jordan's check. So like, For $50,000. $57,000. documentary. Was, you know, they just made it seem like Michael was a witness. No, the man got caught with a brick of cocaine and <laughs> the check. He was a known drug dealer, not just a golf hustler. So, you know, I think they got a little loosey-goosey with the, the facts there. <laughs> the man, like, it was not just a golf hustler i mean because even think about it why would a golf hustler even be you know charged with a crime in the first place like that's not illegal because you're hustling on the golf course it's because you did something else True. so you know well, they, they completely left that part out of the little out of the documentary last night but no he was a drug dealer who also happened to be a golf hustler out of san diego so <laughs> and the point that i'm making guys is that you know to you and me Michael would be like, yeah, I'll just bet like $30,000. And, you know, we're all over here like, whoa, $30,000, bro. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that ain't nothing. Like, I got it. You know, so yeah. it's not, he doesn't think that it's a problem. And to, his, to see it from his perspective, honestly, if you're good for it, that's on you, dude. Like, you're not going out of your way. And he said, he's like, I only bet on myself. I don't bet on anybody else. You know, right. it's not, and it's yeah, not, but yes, he was, but he was good for it, but he did have a reputation for not paying. His kids <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know. Like, but I think that's another thing that they did not go into. And I don't know that they, and maybe they will, you know, these, these next two episodes with, you know, the death of his father and him leaving, maybe that will, maybe that, that's my prediction. Maybe they'll go into that. I have no idea because there's way more to this gambling stuff than what this episode I think went into. So I, 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 to me, the gambling is a nothing burger. Like, I don't care if, if you gamble or not. Like, he obviously wasn't going broke over it. It's all of the things that happened as a result, not just the money, but, you know, you start getting yourself involved with the wrong crowd. And I think that's when, you know, you start going down a dangerous path. So for me, it wasn't just, oh, like, he's a gambler. Like, who cares? Like, you know, I, I didn't care about all that. It was, what are all of the bad things that are going to happen, you know, as a result to you know your your need to to gamble right it's almost like with the people that have a problem with it i always try and explain it like do you have a problem with people buying a boat because that's how they're choosing to spend their money Money. like are you trying to get in their pocket because they're not spending other people's money so it just it was i always found that to be very strange and i think michael said it in the interview with the madrashad during the um, 94 finals 
Yeah, where he's like, I'm going to wear these sunglasses because I'm cool. And I just want you to know that uh, I don't have a problem. Like, I have probably of- shouldn't have been wearing those. Like, Rashad was so funny about that, by the way, on the episode. He was like, yeah, in retrospect, he probably shouldn't have worn those sunglasses. <laughs> but all that being said, he still won those finals, came back, reverse swept them. Well, not reverse swept because it was only 2-0, but they took them down, no problems. And that leads us into... What's going to happen next, even though history will tell us, but what's going to really happen? Yes. And at the end of, again, episode five, guys, was probably my favorite episode out of the whole series so far. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, Kyle. Uh, See, I don't know. I really enjoyed, I guess it was maybe, it was either one or two. I really love like the early backstory of people. I think that's where you find out the most about who people really are because you, once you develop into a person at like a young age and like, you know, going into your twenties or even like your late teens, not much about like the core of who you are changes. Like the core is pretty much intact. The rest of the stuff is window dressing. And if the window dressing looks a certain way, then you're like, Whoa, they're compensating for something at the core. Like what's going on? Like what is causing these discrepancies? And that's what I always find interesting. Cause if you know the core, then you can like relate throughout the story. So that's why I was really like, when you first said that documentary was only about the 98 season, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I keep going. I get, I keep getting confused because have I enjoyed all of the content? Absolutely. Like, I loved, you know, the origin story between, you know, Pippin and Rodman and Phil and then obviously Jordan. Um, However, I keep getting annoyed with the way in which they're delivering the content. (laughs) And then, you know, if this is called The Last Dance, like, they're... There's, this is primarily about Jordan. And I don't have any problem, you know, with that. But then call it Jordan's last dance. Because it's not just, you know, the last season of the Bulls. Like, it, it, it's not, you know. Right. So I think maybe there was, like, that. a little bit of, like, a misnaming of the title. But, you know, like I said, nobody's complaining about the content. But it's not solely about the last season, like you just said. But it, it's it's more so about Jordan. And, and we love that. Like, we, we want to hear more about this. We've been never had this much access to the man you know but this is not the bull's last dance this is jordan's last dance that like let's be honest like that's what this this documentary series is about you right joy you right well thanks for thank you thank you for joining us today we really appreciate that and um uh uh, episode seven and eight will be airing this week, but the we... Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Because <laughs> today, <laughs> may the fourth may the fourth be with you. you... <laughs> Am I making this up? Is ESPN releasing some of these episodes early on, like ESPN Plus or whatever that streaming service is? I no, don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I I do know that they say it's in accordance with netflix or in a joint venture but that remains to be seen there's nothing that i've seen that says that ditto well because someone's like i was watching it like uh espn on friday and they were like you know episode five and six available now i was like what <laughs> yeah i don't think so <laughs> so i wasn't sure 
All right. Well, we're almost out of time, time. on our episode, but uh, Joy, thanks again for being here. Uh, we may have to get you for one of the final two um, episodes. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, we'll be right back just to tie you guys all off on I'll, I'll Tell You What. And now I'm back from outer space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guys, I just wanted to give a huge shout out uh, to my colleague over here. Just shout out to Dan Watanabe, a.k.a. Uh, Crazy Kyle, a.k.a. Kyle Pritchett, KP. Uh, you know, just... Thank the jackhammer? The jackhammer. Uh, <laughs> Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> Cage! Cage! Uh, you can follow us on uh, LinkedIn if you want. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, uh, all major platforms. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we are nothing without you. Uh, this is your boy, Day Notice. Uh, just giving a shout-out to myself there. Oh! John. AKA Dude, uh, that let me, guy. Let me do it right. Shout out to John, AKA Mr. Thoughtful, AKA <laughs> Bunny Ears, AKA Trevor Wallace the <laughs> Third. Uh, thank you for uh, doing you and being positive and bringing us all the uh, vibes that we need to be able to extend our lives out. And uh, for always being there and for being my friend, bro. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> Friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Sounds like Kim. Yeah. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> Watch out on the sixth, though. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. It's been a great show. We'll see you next week. All right. On I'll, I'll Tell You What.